Welcome to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham, a podcast dedicated to established business leaders like you, ready to bring more meaning into your life in a way that strengthens rather than threatens the financial stability of your business. I'm your host, Bessie Graham. I've worked with business owners, governments, and large funding bodies like the United Nations for over 20 years to bring doing good and making money back together. So let's unpack why you don't have to choose between experiencing success or having integrity in your life. Welcome back and thank you so much for joining me again for the podcast. My hope today is that maybe I tap into some of the questions that you might be wondering on the back of listening or watching to previous episodes. So that's the first one. Hopefully that happens. The second intent for the episode is that it might inspire you to reach out and ask some questions, preferably publicly, share them with other people and uh, engage, whether it's on YouTube or LinkedIn or wherever you, you choose to do that, ask the questions publicly. But if you don't want to do that, ask me privately and then I can still answer them on the podcast. But I, I hope that this is a helpful episode and it really gets some of those uh, shifts, if you like to begin away from you simply listening to the podcast and into the questioning, the digging in deeper, telling me which bits you want to understand more or which bits you're finding difficult so that I can unpack them. Because again, I want to do these episodes so that it plants seeds, that it inspires and encourages and challenges you to actually change the way you run your business. And I can only do that if you give me that feedback of where you need me to dig deeper or other areas you want me to to drill into. So let's jump in with the first question. The first question is talking about one of my favourite issues, which is discernment and the role of that for us as leaders. So the question was, How hard is it to discern what is in or out of our control? Now, just to give you a little bit of context, often I am talking to you and setting up as one of the first ways that you think about your own business model and how to do good inside your business by looking at and identifying where are those areas where you have decision-making rights, where you have some control or at least influence over something. Where are you spending money? Where are you making decisions? Those types of things. And the reason that I use that as a great entry point for you is to try to prevent you falling into the trap of getting disillusioned really quickly because you jump to things that are outside of your control. So that's where that question comes from in terms of the the pieces that I have raised with you on the podcast about 
starting with the things that are within your control? And it's a really good question. How do we actually discern whether something is within our control or outside of our control? Partly my answer to that would be it's practice and it's about the fact that the longer you are doing this work, the longer you are in those positions of having to make these decisions, design strategies, come up with plans of how you're going to implement that, see it flow through the business. As you have more experience and you practice this approach of tuning into where there is things within your control, you will then get feedback. You'll have data points where you'll go, ah, okay, actually I had less control over that than I thought. Or my influence on that was much smaller than I thought it was because here's how it played out. So part of it is practice. One of the other things I would say in terms of the the aspects of starting to figure out what's in and outside of our control is that it requires us to shift into a place of more humility because there are so many things that we kind of kid ourselves that we have control over, but we actually don't. And one of the pieces that I think is going to be really helpful within your business as you're trying to really shift the way that you operate, change your business model, change the timeframes or time horizons you're looking at as you design a strategy and implement that, whatever those changes might be, the role of humility is important because it is my experience that the more a leader is deeply rooted in their own self-knowledge, sense of themselves, secure in that, grounded in those aspects, the more they are able to be comfortable admitting when they don't know the answer or when something is outside of their area of expertise, or when they cannot influence or control something. And so when I use that word humility, I am not using it from a place of either false humility, I'm not telling you to do that, pretend you don't know if you do, but I'm also not positioning that, and I do not see it as a weakness or admitting defeat, what I mean is that if you think of the sequence that I just explained, if you've done your personal work, if you have really have put in place those practices of self-knowledge, self-awareness, you have drilled to clarity on some of the key aspects that I'm always talking to you about, then I believe you will be able to get to a place of being more comfortable to admit when something is outside of your control or inside of your control. And in that place of self-knowledge and then humility, you will also be clearer and have that sense of discernment 
around where that boundary might sit of where you can control or influence and where you can't. And then being honest about that with whether it's your team, stakeholders, investors, whatever it is, you will be able to explain where that sits without it being you admitting defeat or weakness or being embarrassed about that, but actually being able to frame it in the positive in terms of a more honest assessment of either risk, assessment of the competitive landscape, assessment of the skills within your organisation and therefore a need to partner with someone else that has those skills or that expertise. Insight, discernment and the confidence to name when something is outside of your control is actually a really good thing and can inspire and extend or increase confidence and trust in you as a leader and in your organization's ability to deliver if it's done well. And so the the piece that I want to encourage you on there is to also take that to help you realize that realizing and admitting that something is outside of your control is not necessarily or not automatically a bad thing. It just then creates certain constraints or guardrails that can influence your next decision. That's not a bad thing in and of itself. And in fact, when we start to think more holistically, realizing and naming that quicker is actually a beautiful piece from a risk mitigation point of view on multiple fronts. And if you want to understand a little bit more about that related to some of the really critical decisions about which things should we do in-house in our business and which things should we outsource, that's something I go into in much more detail when I run business model workshops. So feel free to get in touch with me if you want to join one of those to understand that in more detail. The last piece I want to say around this question of how hard is it to discern what's in or out of our control is that I think curiosity has a big part to play here. Because if we are curious and we explore with what Carol Dweck would talk about as uh, the growth mindset rather than a fixed mindset, if we step into that place of discerning where we have control and where we don't with curiosity and excitement and an openness, then I would say that it becomes easier. So if the question is how hard is it, really the complexity or the the difficulty of that discernment is going to come down to your own practices, the tools, how well equipped you are to tune out all of the noise and to tune in to your own voice, your own knowing, your own experience, 
and intuition on any given situation. So be curious would be the last piece I would, I would sort of say on that. Again, we can have conversation for hours about discernment. I was really excited that this question was asked because discernment is something that I see as a critical aspect for us to embrace, master, continue to practice as leaders. And it's unfortunately something that far too often I see leaders wanting to avoid and steer clear of, you know, and find ways to be able to not have to make a judgment call or not have to be discerning. You know, they want the right data or statistics or reports, pieces of measurement to basically be their excuse to tell them what the decision is rather than having to be discerning themselves. So if discernment is something you find yourself wanting to avoid, I really encourage you to think about those aspects of practice, humility and curiosity and start to think about how you could more intentionally tune out all of the noise and other voices and tune in to your own voice and start to cultivate discernment yourself as a leader. And you will then find it much easier to discern what is inside and outside of your control. And probably more importantly, not only will you be able to discern it, you'll have the confidence to act on that, to share that information and to make decisions from that place of knowledge. The next question we're going to look at is an interesting one. In a previous episode, I talked about one of the components around uh, celebrating accomplishments. And this question is about what is the importance of celebrating accomplishments? And then if we are saying we need to celebrate those pieces, does that mean that endings are necessary? So that was the question. And that exploration, particularly around, you know, does that mean endings are necessary? I'm drawn to answer that question first, probably because I am more comfortable with the answer of that. If I force myself to come back to the the starting point around the importance of celebrating accomplishments, I have admitted to you before, and I will be honest with you again and admit that, yes, celebrating accomplishments is absolutely important, and I know that intellectually I would like to be able to say I know it uh, deeply in ways beyond just the intellectual, but that is not yet true for me. I am someone who is still absolutely in a place of that being an ongoing lesson for me to learn to celebrate. I don't know if you can uh, um, (laughs) associate with me on that one or (laughs) empathise, but as someone who always has the next goal and loves to be moving towards that, as an achiever, um, 
as someone who has that drive and, and passion and energy in me, if I'm honest, the moment I achieve something, yes, I feel that hit of like, woohoo, I love ticking things off a box. I love the achievement. But I move very quickly to, okay, what's next? And I don't naturally savor or sit in that place of celebration. So my answer to the, the first part of the question of, around the importance of celebrating accomplishments is, yes, it is absolutely important. And then the piece I would add to that is, I am not the best person to teach you how to celebrate those accomplishments or how to foster that practice because uh, the honest answer is I'm still figuring that out for myself. So I'm not going to spend too much time there and pretend I can teach you that because I can't. That's not my brilliance. <laughs> There's other people who are good at that and, um, and we can all learn from them. If we go to the second part of the question, though, around asking the question, well, does this mean that endings are necessary? It absolutely does. And this piece I know deeply, not just intellectually, but from my own experience, from the very deep ways that I live my life and I intentionally design my own life and the way that I show up, the way I think about and act. So there is absolutely a need for us to accept that even in something like we might use a word like our calling or our purpose, even in those things, there are goodbyes in that, within that. There are times where we need to move on. And it is absolutely a critical piece for us as leaders to understand that whether it is in our life, in our business, in any component, there are chapters or seasons. And in that cycle, we will have endings, we will have new beginnings, new chapters. And in order to create space for the new, in order to step into something different, we often do need to say goodbye or end a previous chapter. And that will look different in different settings or for each of us. The piece that I think is important when thinking about the kind of idea of, of endings is if we bring it back to a leadership perspective, I want to remind you about the situational components and the ability for you to look at the context you are in, the people you are working with, the stage your organization is at, all of the, the factors that play into deciding what is 
being asked of you in any given situation. So if you know that there are ways that you operated previously that will no longer serve you, or people on your team that were a great fit for the phase or chapter you were in before, but that no longer are the right fit for where your organization is going. If you realize, and this one can be more difficult because it's about you, if you realize that your skill set as a leader was the right skill set for the previous phase of the business, but it is no longer the type or style of leadership that your organization needs moving forward, then that might be something that is calling for an ending and for bringing in fresh, different skills, leadership, management into the organization. It is critical for us to accept, embrace and learn to have those conversations and to be brave enough to end things when they need to end. I have seen so many times the inability to read that ending and to actually act on it with leaders cause massive problems. Whether that is about you staying too long as the leader when your approach actually doesn't serve the organization anymore or your tendencies, preferences, skill set is not the type of leadership required. So you actually become the ceiling and the organization cannot grow because you are stopping it from growing. Whether that is about you not being brave enough to let a team member go who no longer fits, where your avoidance of that difficult conversation not only means that they stay in a role that doesn't actually suit or serve them, but you also create tension, confusion, dissonance, a whole bunch of problems for the people that work with or report to that person. All of those things have negative flow-on effects, whether it's about you refusing to close off or stop a certain product or service that actually does not fit with where your business is going. Any of those pieces where you don't embrace in a healthy way and end something well in order to step into the next chapter or to create space for the new, you are limiting and really preventing your organization from achieving what it could. So I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to learn to identify those endings and then to be brave enough to make the necessary decisions as a leader, whether that is about you, a team member, a product, a service, a strategy, whatever it is. It can, can look 
a whole bunch of different ways. But not sticking to our guns or sticking to a strategy simply because either we made it that decision and we don't want to admit that it didn't work out or because it has been so successful for us to date and so we're just hoping that we can can make it work and we, we don't want to let go of it. Any of those pieces are what we need to consider when we think about the importance of endings. The last of the questions that I want to touch on now was framed this way. What makes it bold to intentionally build a business to be successful and make a positive impact? I love this question. And there's lots of aspects to starting to think in this way where you're changing the way you run your business to enable you to have that financial sustainability, the success in some of those ways that society labels success for your business to be having the sustainable growth in place, to be long-term viable simply from the perspectives of revenue over cost. (laughs) profit in the business, etc. To have those things while also making a positive impact in the world and whatever that looks like for you, that is a bold decision for many, many reasons. But let me run you through a few of the, the main ones. One is that it requires you to actually be willing to question the status quo. To be able to pull apart those pieces that we've been talking about today around some of the components that can be just unconscious. We've taken on board other people's views, other people's ideas about what business is, how a business should operate. It is a bold move to start to operate your business differently. Because you are going to have to question those narratives, question those ideas about the purpose and role of business and say, actually, I'm not just going to accept that I have to do things in a certain way. Who says? And why does it have to be done that way? What if it was done differently? So it's bold because it requires you to to question things. It's also bold because it requires you to be willing to potentially look naive for a period of time at least because there will be people who will question your decisions or your priorities or the timeframes that you are now making decisions over. And so you're going to have to be able to sit comfortably in that space and be okay with the fact that you will potentially look naive to some people while things take shape, while you get foundations in place and build out this new way of doing business for you. The other aspect that makes it a bold move is that you're not going to have easy answers anymore. 
And you won't necessarily have proof for the things that you are going to need to do or the decisions you're going to need to make. You won't be in a position where you have the comfort, even if it's a false comfort, you won't have that comfort that people have when they live in the black and white of an either or mindset. Now again, I want to emphasize that the comfort that people can feel in that space is actually not real or true, but it can still feel safer, known, predictable, even if all of the evidence would show that it's not actually that. And so you are going to need to be comfortable with that piece. You're not going to have easy answers for yourself or your team or those that are asking questions of you. And you won't necessarily be able to prove with the evidence or the data or the track record certain aspects related to your decisions. So you're going to have to sit with, it's going to be that piece of discernment and judgment. And you're going to then need to hold your ground as you step into and make these decisions. And the last piece that I would touch on related to why it's a bold move is around the fact that you're going to need to be much more long-term in your thinking. You're going to need to learn to be a big-picture thinker. So looking at different time horizons and taking into account a much broader contextual frame of the business landscape the time and place you're operating in, that competitive landscape, the changes around compliance or regulation, the changes and shifts in expectations of customers, of employees, all of these pieces that require you to have a longer-term view and a bigger picture where you have zoomed out and started to take into account many more factors that were previously seen as externalities or were just not even on the radar, just ignored altogether. It is a bold move to bring these worlds back together because that is what you're going to have to do. Longer term thinking, bigger picture thinking. But here's the encouragement I want to give you. If you actually can step into that, if you can question the status quo, if you're willing to look a bit naive for a certain period of time to others, if you're going to be able to sit with not necessarily having easy answers or proof for what it is you're doing and you're going to learn to have a longer-term, bigger-picture thought process, mindset, what will actually occur is you will be able to start to have the confidence that you have a much more robust assessment of the landscape, the context, the potential risks and opportunities that are facing your business and therefore you have the opportunity to actually prepare for, think through, run scenarios and make intentional decisions with far more insight and data at your disposal than someone who is staying in the neat little bubble 
of living in denial with their easy answers and simplistic small view of their business and their operating environment and what is within the realm of the decisions they need to make. You, in being bold, in operating differently, have a much bigger task that you are taking on, but I think you're capable of it. And the sooner you start to play in that space, the more time you're going to have to do the trial and error, to test smaller and then grow. And the more you will build confidence. So we'll go all the way back to the the question around how hard is it to discern what's in and outside of your control. The more practice you get, the more equipped you will be to do this work. And the reality is that in the rapidly changing landscape that we find ourselves operating in now as business leaders, your ability to actually identify a broader range of potential risks, your ability to better understand different stakeholders and the flow-on impacts of your decisions as a company will inform how you spot opportunities, will inform how you identify potential risks and then learn to mitigate them. So these skills that you acquire by shifting your mindset and by moving into the place of trying to build a business that is successful and makes a positive impact, that is absolutely the way of the future. It is the way for you to have a long-term, sustainable, growing and growing in a sustainable way and a long-term way. So not about these unsustainable peaks of rapid growth that are not actually possible to sustain over time or that it is rapid growth that comes at the cost of someone else. So it's, the, it's created a win-lose scenario, but growth that creates a win-win, growth that comes on the back of you actually adding value rather than simply extracting value from a system. So let me just run over those again in terms of why I think it's a bold move. It requires you to be willing to question the status quo. You're potentially going to look naive for a period. You're not going to have easy answers or proof and you're going to have to think longer term and bigger picture. But if we bring all of that back to why that's actually essential, it is because you will build a stronger, more sustainable, more successful long-term business when you do this than you will if you ignore it and if you keep going with the status quo, if you keep operating in a way that separates business, the doing good and the making money into two different camps. There are major competitive advantages to doing this. And again, 
we can go into, and in previous episodes I've touched on some of those. If you want to look at those in particular, let me know and we can drill into them. But the sooner that you make these changes, the more you can do it in a way that is less risky, that allows you to test and tweak and make it work for your organisation. So don't keep putting it off. Don't see this as something that is a nice to have or a I'll look at that at some point. These shifts need to be deeply embedded in your core business activities and you need to see this as foundationally woven into your strategy. It's not separate to strategy or a separate piece. This is how you need to be running your business. So make the bold move and see the benefits that will come to you in a whole range of ways, whether that is about increased revenue or reduced costs, whether it's around some of these pieces we've talked about of reducing risk, whether it's about strengthening your brand, the position in the market because of how you operate your business. There's a whole range of things that can come into play, both that are positive benefits or that are helping you avoid negative components or prepare for external changes like the shifts in compliance and regulation that will be demanded of you as a business. So it's a bold move, but it's a necessary move. And if you are struggling to get your head around the practicalities of how to drill that down to the detail in your strategy as a business and for it not to be a disconnected separate piece but for it to really be at the heart of how you run your business, reach out, either ask questions here if you just want me to speak into them in the podcast Or reach out if you want to have a more detailed conversation with me and let's explore together what it looks like in your business to do good and make money in a way that strengthens rather than threatens the financial security of your business. Because you can create that win-win. Business does not have to be a zero-sum game. In order for you to win, someone else does not have to lose. And the quicker you build a business where when you win, your other stakeholders win, the more you will succeed and the longer term your success will be. Thank you for taking the time to listen to both Success and Integrity with Bessie Graham. If you found what I shared today valuable or you think that it would be good for a fellow business leader to listen to, then please share the episode with someone you know. Another way to help the podcast is to provide a rating and written review on your podcast app of choice. The written review is important because it helps others learn more about what we're trying to achieve. If you'd like to get in touch, please reach out to me at any time on LinkedIn, YouTube or Instagram just by searching Bessie Graham or you can go to bessiegraham.com. I'm Bessie Graham, and remember, you don't have to choose between experiencing success 
or having integrity in your life.